This is KCLR's Bottom Line with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, the Southeast's largest independent accountancy practice. www.onf.ie Hello, good morning and welcome to The Bottom Line, the programme for and about business on KCLR, brought to you in association with O'Neill Foley Accountants. I'm John Purcell, with you until 9.30 or so this morning. Now, two things have dominated the news over the past week. The weather, of course, very stormy, and the general election, or GE 2020, and both have provided lots of ups and downs, and indeed buffets and gusts and gales and uh, all sorts of emotions. Later in the programme, I'll be speaking with Kilkenny and Carlo Chambers to discuss with them the potential ups and downs for local business and the local economy post-election as we wait for the formation of a new government. Later, I'll be uh, bringing you the second part of Talking Shop, our new feature on the programme, where we will continue the discussions with Nicky Hoyne, Joe Brown and Emma hogan Air, all who start their own companies over the last while and discussing with them how important confidence and self-belief is when starting your own business. Now my first guest joining me for the post-election discussion is economist Jim Power. Jim, good morning and thanks for joining us on the bottom line this morning. Um, How do you think the impact of the election is going to uh, affect the economy and business over the coming years? Okay, um, good morning John. I suppose um, I'll give you a typical economist answer to that. Um, it is too early to tell because until we get a government in place and we see what the complexion of that government is, um, it's, it's, it's hard to know what sort of programme for government will be put in place. Um, I suppose there's a few, a few things that I think are important. One is, you know, we do need to form a government because the last thing in the world this country needs at the moment is a prolonged period of political uncertainty without a government in place, because that seeps into business confidence. It seeps into, um, I think even more importantly, investor confidence. And for the small open Irish economy, obviously the message we send to the outside world um, about political stability is incredibly important in an increasingly competitive environment for foreign direct investment. if you take that a step further then and, you know, depending on what sort of program for government is put in place, um, I suppose I would have a very clear view on this. Um, I do not like the notion of going on a high spend, high tax economic trajectory um, because, you know, at the end of the day, um, the, the, the way in which tax is paid in this country, you know, a small segment of the working population pays the bulk of tax. And some of the manifestos, you know, included um, significant increases in the taxation of those people who are already paying a lot of tax. Uh, That will not be good for the country. And I I definitely think it would force people with ability who want to get on in life um, out of the country. Because we need to remember that at the end of the day, that the the resources to fund public services like health, social welfare, education, etc., they are generated by economic activity. They are generated by the taxation that flows from that economic activity. And if you damage that economic activity, well, then, you know, you ask yourself the question, where is the money going to come from to fund public services into the future? So um, I think we need to be very, very careful. And I suppose the other thing that does concern me is that all of the manifestos included 
to varying degrees, significant commitments to spend a lot more money in public services, particularly in health. Um, I just kind of worry about that because that there is not a correlation between spending money in the health service and the, the quality of the health service that comes out the other end. Um, you know, that we've spent dramatic increase in spending on health over the last 10, 15 years, and yet the quality of the output has deteriorated. So it worried me that no party was talking about public sector reform and reform of the way in which services like health are delivered. So I think, you know, Ireland is in a very, very risky place at the moment. And if you look at two external factors, one is the coronavirus um, epidemic, which is, you know, getting worse and worse and will undoubtedly damage the global economy to some extent. And the second thing is close to the home is Brexit. You know, the 31st of December this year, Britain is going to leave the transition period. I think we can be pretty certain of that. And on come the 1st of January next year, we still have no idea what sort of trading relationship we will have with the UK. So um, I, I know um, the Taoiseach Cleo Varadkar was sort of ridiculed during the election campaign for suggesting that Brexit was at a, the halfway stage. And we also saw in the exit polls that just 1% of voters cited Brexit as an issue, that is incredibly naive. Brexit is an incredibly big issue for Ireland, and we'll see that unfolding over the coming months. So we need to be careful, John. And uh, during the week, the central bank released a a report showing the current Irish economy in in a pretty good place. So is it fair to say we're at a fork in the road, really, that this is either a high watermark or it's a staging point to further development and growth? Where do you fall? Well, um, if you look at where the economy is, at this juncture, um, it is in a good place. Um, you know, growth last year was strong. It continues to be strong in the early weeks of this year. We have a record number of people that work in the economy, and it's across the economy. It's not just in the construction sector. Um, we have, uh, you know, the export performance continues to go ahead very, very strongly. Foreign direct investment is still strong. All of the economic metrics are still very positive in Ireland. Um, and, and, of course, the public finances are back in surplus again, which is incredibly important. And I suppose a little bit ironically from the perspective of the outgoing Minister for Housing, you know, it is clear that the housing situation is improving. You know, in 2019, we built 21,200 new houses. That's almost five times higher than we did in 2013. And it represents growth of 18.5% on last year. So that the housing thing is gradually coming back on track. So I think, um, in a nutshell, the economy is in a good place at the moment, but we are definitely, as you describe it, at a fork in the road. We can continue to build on this with the existing policies we have, or we can change policy-making dramatically, and that would risk taking us off in a very, very different direction. And, um, you know, I would really fear that if we go in the wrong direction through... Um, inappropriate taxation and expenditure policies, we will end up two or three years down the road with a significantly weaker economy um, and most importantly, generating significantly fewer resources to fund public services. Yeah, um, the reaction to the markets, Ireland is very highly borrowed and the reaction of the markets was quite negative on Monday morning last um, with bank shares, housing shares um, kind of dropping. Is it likely that the cost of borrowing for Ireland is going to increase? 
Well, if there is, there's a few things that could give rise to that. You know, one would obviously be uh, political instability because um, bond investors don't invest in countries where you have political instability. So that that's certainly one thing. And the second thing is bond investors would not respond favorably to a government setting off on a very, very high spend um, agenda. And what would be the impact of that negative uh, reaction? Well, I'll put it this way, John. I remember 10 years ago when we were, you know, in the midst of the economic crisis. I remember, based on where bond yields were at that stage, projecting based on the level of debt we had that our debt servicing costs could reach 10 billion within a decade. Per annum? Per annum, yes. 10 billion, okay? That's service the debt. To serve, just to pay the interest. Okay. That was based on the level of debt and where interest rates were at the time. Um, this last year, 2019, you know, bond yields have obviously fallen dramatically because of quantitative easing, and the Irish government is now effectively able to borrow at zero, and um, the debt level is is pretty much the same. You know, we have 205 billion, but the cost of servicing that debt last year was just over five billion, so less than half was projected. So the collapse in bond yields has been incredibly positive for Ireland. And if we now threaten that with political or economic policies that are inappropriate, those bond yields could start to rise, and that would result in, over the next few years, a significant increase in the cost of servicing our debt. And that is money that comes out of public services. You know, so we, we cannot have it every way. The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, the Southeast's largest independent accountancy practice, www.omf.ie. Thank you, Jim Power, and some provocative thoughts there on the issues facing the economy in the wake of last week's election. We're going to stay on that topic, on the topic of the election, politics, the economy, and we're going to look locally. On the programme two weeks ago, we had a pre-election special, and two of the guests who joined me for that show were Brian O'Farrell, CEO of Carlow Chamber, and John Hurley, CEO of Kilkenny Chamber. And together, these business representative organisations represent over 5,000 businesses in this region. So we wanted to chat to them post-election to hear what their thoughts are from their members have been since the election results, bearing in mind, of course, that we're still waiting for the formation of the government. I'm delighted to join Brian or that I'm joined by Brian and John again in the studio. John Hurley, uh, what does business want to see now? The election is over, the votes are cast. What does business want? Yeah, it's been a big surprise, lots of surprises for everybody in the election results. Uh, and key now that the businesses want is to get on with forming a government. Um, we want whoever it is is going to run the country for us. We want them to get on with it, get into place as quickly as possible, put together uh, um, a programme for government and start rolling it out straight away. We've had and seen the negative effects of uh, uncertainty and procrastination and the never-ending story that was Brexit for the past couple of years, and that really stalled businesses. Uh, decisions weren't being made, investments weren't being made, it hurt the economy significantly. We can't afford to have similar or any other sort of delays now with forming a new government. 
Brian, um, the last time it took, I think, four or five months, it might have been, I may be wrong on that, but to form a government. What are the impacts of that on business, uh, particularly in this year as as we're in the Brexit transition period? Well, the impacts, they can be wide-reaching, um, and we've seen that with you know changes in international markets and how that's going to affect the cost of finance. Um, and the cost of finance to Ireland is going to directly come down and affect the cost of business as well. Um, and we have to make sure that Ireland... Our businesses uh, within the country and when we're uh, uh, working internationally, that they are competitive. And if the costs go up too much, it's going to make us uncompetitive in that market and it's going to affect and uh, come right back down to local pockets, affect jobs, affect local communities. We can't have that uncertainty. We need more clarity. John, when we spoke uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, insurance was top of the uh, agenda and the cost of insurance. A lot of talk about it during uh, the campaign. What do you want to see done now as a, as a business uh, leadership group? Yeah, uh, Ireland seems to uh, buck the trend uh, generally across the EU countries and those countries with which we would be competing, as Brian has outlined. Uh, we seem to have an unfair uh, disadvantage in the insurance situation in that you know when accidents happen and insurance companies end up paying, cla- paying claims... And that uh, that the size of the awards uh, awarded here in this country are disproportionate to what uh, is happening elsewhere. That affects our cost competitiveness. So going forward, we need this issue addressed. It's not just insurance. It's to do with the legislative system as well and the awards, uh, the books of quantum and so on that are being utilised, they seem to be out of sync with our competitors. And are you reassured that action will be taken on insurance? Um, I'm not so sure, really. Uh, we've seen a lot of talk. We've seen the creation of uh, cost of insurance working group it has met it has issued reports it has made recommendations um, and it has you know agreed on action points but we still have the exact same things happening on the ground if you go in to settle a claim today in the high court or whatever it's going to still cost you an awful lot more than if you went into a similar court in the uk or across france or germany or anywhere else so that needs to be addressed and changed now not in the future now Brian O'Farrell uh, from Carlow Chamber. Um, I know the funding of local government is is an issue close to the hearts of businesses in Carlow. You feel that it's not enough, really, but it's funded through the property tax. Talk of abolishing the local property tax. How are you feeling about the whole issue of the funding of local government and how it impacts on business? Well, the funding for local government is something we've raised uh, a number of times over the years uh, because... Uh, when you compare the counties, and it's based on a historic system going back to quite a, a number of years ago, the LPT, as you mentioned, comes in and ties into that as well. Um, so, like for example, uh, last year in 2019, Carlow received approximately €249 Euros per head of population versus Kilkenny. 270. Now, that works out to about uh, 1.1 million less in funding uh, in, uh, from the government. Um, now, that is quite significant when you look at Carlo has had 2 million shortfall kind of two years ago in budget and different things. So if LPT is abolished, well then, where is the money going to come from? You know, does that mean that we're going to be cutting local government funding right across the country? Um, it's not like as if the government is sitting on a secret stash of money that nobody knows about and suddenly going to appear, you know, w- because there's talk of so many different, I suppose, services, um, organisations and everything nearly being turned into state control, like building and everything. And you're going, where is the funding for this going to come from? If we're turning off all these uh, potential funding streams, because it is important, uh, and businesses know it. You know, where businesses 
don't mind paying their fair share of commercial rates because they know and understand that it's paying for the services in the community and making sure that we're keeping the country going. And likewise, we have to pay our taxes. They are like a necessary evil to make sure that everything works right. Um, So we have to contribute to be able to get back. You're listening to The Bottom Line on Case Law. I'm John Purcell. With me in the studio are Brian O'Farrell of Carlo Chamber and John Hurley, CEO of Kilkenny Chamber. We're talking about post-election and what needs to be done. John, um, we talked about how your two chambers represent over 5,000 businesses across Carlow and Kilkenny, and most of those are small businesses. How are small businesses feeling this year? I think that's a very important point. Uh, The vast majority of businesses in Ireland uh, are the SME sector, small and medium-sized enterprises, uh, and the vast majority of those have uh, employ less than 10 people. Um, so those kind of businesses are the backbone of our economy, and it must be they must be uh, factored into whatever uh, changes and, and tweaks that the new incoming government would make in what Brian was saying there, you know, changes in local property tax and so on and so forth. Um, if you're abolishing or reducing one tax rates one place, the key thing that the government must not try and do is to fill that gap by taxing, putting extra um, taxes on uh, the small and medium-sized enterprises because they simply cannot afford to do it. They cannot take that sort of a hit. So we need to be careful in the forming of our new legislation and our new, um, you know, how we're going to roll out uh, supports for businesses to make sure that training and support for, you know, the work-life balance, people with childcare, all that sort of stuff needs to be factored in in support of um, the, the small businesses that really are the backbone of this economy. We hear so much that all politics is local and let's really bring it local. Now, Brian O'Farrell from Carlow Chamber, what's the number one priority for business from any new administration, really? Sum up briefly what what Carlow Business wants from a government. Well, uh, I suppose Carlow Businesses, they want the supports, um, they want the right supports to help them to move forward uh, locally and internationally, to be able to attract the right skills, um, to make sure our costs are in line that we're not in a non-competitive environment um, and that is key to it because we want to you know ensure that the local businesses can thrive because without those local businesses thriving our communities will suffer uh, Fair share was a big rallying call in Carlo during the election campaign are you satisfied that uh, Carlo got a fair share in the election? Well, um, the electorate spoke. I know we did. We asked for fair share. And uh, when we're talking about fair share for Carlo, we were talking about representation. We were hoping for uh, two TDs from Carlo. But at the same time, you know, it's about having enough choice in the different parties that are there. Um, And I think that we have a good mix in the TDs that were elected. And congratulations to them. We want fair share of investment. So different opportunities and fair share of funding. So it all feeds in to make the one uh, to make the system work John um, Kilkenny what's top of your agenda yeah I mean it was very encouraging listening to the politicians uh, leading up to the election in all of what they were promising they were promising everything that we actually needed in terms of health in terms of housing in terms of infrastructure in terms of everything so we, we need all of those things delivered I suppose putting on my regional hat, so to speak, um, you know, and Kilkenny nor Carlow nor anywhere isn't living in a bubble. We're part of a region. And the Southeast region is a much forgotten about region in the bigger picture th- of things sometimes. Uh, so we need to shout about our region, how wonderful a place it is. It's a, a fantastic place to base businesses and for people to come and live in and so on. Um, one key thing that's missing um, and 
it's it's kind of the elephant in the room. We need to sort out our technical university for the southeast. That's the merger of uh, Carlo and uh, Waterford ITs, uh, and really that will be a significant achievement for us, and will make it so much more of an attractive place for big businesses to come and base themselves here. Finally, and we have to make this fairly brief. But during the week, and I was talking about it earlier with Jim Power, the Central Bank of Ireland released a, a fairly. Um, positive enough uh, snapshot of where the Irish economy is currently but there are bits of uncertainty there's coronavirus which I talked about with Jim there's the whole second bit of Brexit coming up at the end of the year how are you feeling we're at a fork in the road so to speak as I was talking about with Jim earlier how how are you guys feeling about the business outlook for the rest of the year business is optimistic Brian um, I think they are quite optimistic. They've, um, I suppose, uh, yeah, a little bit more of the Brexit scenario moved on. So, there, you know, there is a bit more clarity into it. We're in the transition period now. Uh, by the end of June, we will know whether the UK are requesting an extension or not. So if they don't request it, we know that come uh, the 31st of December, uh, you know what's happening. And then we will know by October at least some of the shape of what the future relationship is like so at least we have that sort of timeline but still um there is you know the election has brought in a, a new uncertainty that wasn't there probably four weeks ago Um I, I think a lot of people expected the election to be a bit later mm. than it, it actually happened john yeah i think the um central bank is cautioning uh, for a prudent approach by whoever takes over as government in other words not to go mad spending um and and that is something i think that the business community would be very much uh, supportive of um we don't want a boom and bust type scenario uh, that doesn't benefit anybody businesses require certainty they require consistency um and that can only be achieved by reasonable spending uh, and not going mad uh, just answering every promise that was made in the in the lead up to the elections we need a real robust government that has a long term plan here uh, because there's there's a lot of challenges out there you mentioned just a few you know coronavirus and so on and the brexit is a significant one as well there's an awful lot to be achieved there we need statemently um representation by our new irish government in an international context so that ireland gets its fair share Okay, thank you very much. That's John Hurley, CEO of Kilkenny Chamber, and Brian O'Farrell, Chief Executive of Carlow Chamber. The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, offering a broad range of business and advisory services to businesses large and small across the southeast. You're listening to Talking Shop on The Bottom Line on Casey Law. Well, last week in the first episode of the Talking Shop feature, we heard from Nikki Hoyne, Joe Brown and Emma Eyre about the motivations for starting a business yourself. This week, we delve deeper into the areas of belief, confidence and the importance of believing in yourself when starting your own business. We join the conversation now with my co-host Nikki Hoyne talking to Joe about her exit from her job in the civil service, which ultimately led Joe to start her own perfume business. Did you just quit or had you? Did you start Joe Brown and were you doing it and then you just clean? But did you know what you were going to do? Were you like, right? I've worked since since I was 13. I've never not worked one day in my life. Mm, Whether it was going around doing leaflets, working Mm. in a shop, I've worked in about... so did you have Joe Brown jobs. in your head? I always thought, like, I was never great at school, yeah. but I always had this thing when I was in school that I'm going to be known for something. Mm. Don't know what, but, but I'm so going to like, be known for something because this can't be, Yeah. like, listen to teachers talking all day. This can't be, this can't be life, I suppose. Yeah. Is that it? 
Um, yeah. yeah, look, I, I love working for myself. And I wouldn't but was it. it in your head? Were you like, I'm oh, from quitting? So were, was oh, Joe Brown your brand in no, your no, head? No, when I quit my job, no. You were like, what no, am I going to do? I just did a reflexology course, holistic therapist. Yeah. That would have got me into the essential okay. oils. From there, then I would have developed my solid perfume. Um, and were you telling this? I think I was terrified. I yeah. left my job like Emma and terrified. Yeah. I said, everyone's going to kill me. I wasn't terrified though. <laughs> but this I was terrified about rational. <laughs> yeah. but, um, but did you tell, like, no one? Did you keep it to yourself? Did absolutely. you just start and, yeah. and keep it to yourself? It and to that's, myself. Yeah. So that's kind of, I suppose, if we think then confidence, self belief, like, do. I think it's people say, oh my gosh, what will anyone think? What will they think of me? But you can actually, as you did, as you did Emma, you just started your business and yeah. off yeah. off you went and said nothing and I think that's the thing like you can build something and then suddenly it's kind of happening and then you go yeah. yeah okay so this is what I've been doing for the last six months and <laughs> yeah. it's easy yeah. to kind of Google Google yeah. Google and Google I but think there there's are a lot of noise though sorry yeah sorry go on Emma I yeah. think there's a lot of noise and I I, I think um, maybe maybe there's lots of businesses out there that aren't started because people have so much input and are trying to influence each other yeah. like I, I suppose I wasn't afraid. I, I didn't. I, I've actually been really lucky that I haven't had any fear about mm. what I've been doing or how I started Airbrushed. Um, I just kind of got on with it. And mm. I think if you listen, if you're somebody who is going to be uh, listening to the noise, yeah. I would say there'll be a lot of projects that will never get started. But I suppose people financially don't like to do this take the risk either yeah, you yeah. know that's a, a big thing as well well I had no money yeah. and I'll be really yeah. honest when yeah. I started Airbrushed I again walked out of Brown Thomas was literally like I'd just been offered a fantastic job with NARS and then I was like actually guys I've just signed a lease for a studio on the parade and um, I'm not going to take that thanks and off I went well no I believe the financial bit I used 50 euros a week of my own money to build Joe Brown business yeah, yeah. I did that for the first three years I had yeah. to decide every week how am I going to spend this 50 euros yeah. Yeah. I had to give up the reflexology because my head was totally yeah. into so do you around. think yeah. there's an element of throwing yourself in the deep end is, is a great way of getting well, moving because I, I, I think there's many people who think of starting businesses but they spend an awful lot of time just agonising and I before you like know it fire and like once you decide and once you go for it and yeah. if things start happening it's like the fire and the, more the quiet voice do. gets louder yeah. Yeah. and the more and research to do and the more challenging it looks yeah and, and you do your, like research I think is a big thing like you research and you're like okay here's a gap and here's an opportunity and the more you see it and it kind of starts growing like yeah manifesting and you see it and and you see the gap is bigger and then trying to keep it quiet because I was developing for three years it took three years to develop the solid perfume Mm. and you'd show people every now and again like oh what do you think of that? And everyone has That's an opinion. A, yeah, and everyone yeah. has an opinion. Some yeah. are good opinions, yeah. some are bad. Some you just want it, to But you listen can't to listen to everybody. Yeah, but it's I knew there was a gap there, yeah. so... Yeah. Well, that was the same for me. Like, I I knew that at the time with Airbrush, there was no makeup artist in Kilkenny who had a base, let's say, Mm. that was, you know, an exclusive uh, makeup studio that you could go to. And I suppose it was the same then when I launched into Browse. I very quickly realised, okay, this market has become a little bit saturated. We were actually training makeup artists. We were were creating a problem, Mm. really, to be honest. Um, And I evolved into Browse. We were the first, I was really the first brow artist outside yeah. Dublin um, and then suddenly brows started that was becoming such a thing yeah 
the, the massive massive in yeah. Kilkenny people would be like oh these HD brows they were in Dublin for four years mm. before before I started doing them and it was just looking at okay well what's next and mm. that's how my business has evolved I suppose I've I, I I think that I suppose when I look back and I think, okay, did I do everything irrationally? I didn't really. I I had a good kind of idea of what mm. people were looking for, and I've always been, you know, the same as yourself. You're kind, you're quite good at reading what what's the next. It's thing that element of having like I don't want to be the same. I want to be different. I want yeah. to be ahead. I think yeah. if you're following, you're you're replicating. But if you're kind of going, okay you know you went into brows yeah. you're doing brows yeah. you know it's kind of like I started off statement jewellery and I was like this is a trend like anything in fashion it's a yeah. trend I started with statement jewellery and I could see suddenly there were other like other like businesses popping up and I was like I need to innovate you need yeah. to that phrase put yourself out of business for years I was like I don't understand what that means but yeah, now it's yeah. like you've got to actually be reinvent your yourself own, yeah, yeah continuously yeah, yeah. and if you don't you get stuck and and what kind of what well it's like my perfumes are selling so well yeah. they're still my top seller mm. but someone else will could launch in the morning mm. so I have to keep that plan B yeah. all the time looking at Evolving. market trends and this is where the diffuser would have came in mm. and then we just launched our bamboo pillowcase so it's about and how did your bamboo pillowcase do Joe? Amazing. I think yes, that's unreal. Christmas. <laughs> yes, amazing. Can amazing. I just ask, just maybe winding yeah. it back, you've all talked about the yeah. kind of commitment, the, mm-hmm. the, the taking the step over the edge of the swimming pool into the deep end yeah. that you go, right, I'm going to do this. Can you talk me up to the couple of steps before that? Presumably there would be some element of, mm, I have to make the choice. But for many people starting starting a business, I think they, they have some doubts at that stage. Can you talk us through like how you deal with doubts and different scenarios like how do you get that belief confidence and fire in your belly yeah. it's I suppose that we were just uh, saying it's other people not believing in, in you is is the hardest thing I think um, it's like when I was trying to think of a name for Joe Brown so I use my name is Joanne Brown so I use Joe Brown like that was so, I was so nervous like um, I was confident I was going to be on every shelf in Ireland that didn't matter mm. I was nervous about God I'm going to be on every shelf in Ireland this was before I was even on one shelf but mm. I, I was that determined that I was going to be everywhere but I was putting my name out there and I'm, mm. I'm a very shy person in a way I like to be private so that was a big step mm. yeah there's all these big steps so it's yeah you just have to be, I think once you believe in yourself um and yeah. I think the people thing. around you, like yeah. your loved ones, you know, I had yeah. friends and family who were like, oh, my God, Nikki, that's amazing. Go for it. And then I had other people who it's kind of like they wouldn't do it. So they project their fear on you mm. or they they just don't get it. So they don't want you to fail. So they want to protect you. So they discourage you. So you stay in that safety, you know, but you have to. I just made the decision. I was like, right, I am going to encourage the people, you know, listen to the people who encourage me and then just be like, choose not to just, you don't have to discuss your business with, you know, your best friend if they, you know, you can take a step, not take a step back. You don't cut them out of your life, but you would, I would chose to just be like, I am not going to discuss my business with the people who are not geeing me up lighting that fire pushing me forward Mm. and that was a conscious decision because you're so you can be so 
caught in that so feeling. Find support. Yeah. Basically. So yeah. you know, yeah. so I, I, you know, I reached out to different people who were kind of in similar, you know, M and I. That's kind of how oh, I know you guys. It's yeah. like you know, you can pick up the phone if it's something. Hey, I'm launched in South Korea. I'll be on to Joe. Well, Joe, how do I do this now? Well, there's so many. Um, I suppose your local Leo. I mean, there is so many support yeah. networks. Like me and Nikki are part of the Acorn program mm-hmm. as well. Um, it's reaching out and finding those people. Yeah. And I think people can work on building their confidence and their belief as well because it strikes me that entrepreneurs are a very supportive network or can be supportive. Have you f- found yeah. like that? The Acorn yeah. programme would be amazing. Yeah. Um, this is where they pick uh, 52 high potential female startups in Ireland. But yeah. now I still sit at a table with eight ladies that yeah. run their own business. And this is where you get and the it's, confidence. And I think it's it's addictive know? as well, the win, like that phone call of, hey, you're in South Korea or, hey, Nikki, like this is Cosmopolitan's fashion director and we want to send your pieces to New York for a shoot. Like that day <laughs> will forever be, you know, to, that, 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 just that hit of that grows oh my your god like yeah, and yeah for the next thing and you can have thing, yeah. absolutely. and you can have two absolutely. months of really hard going and hard slog and you get that call and it could keep you going for six months or you know it's those little wins and they're addictive because you made that you built that, that you did that back to your self belief you know like I think you can surround yourself with people all day long but I think I suppose it comes back to having that fire in your belly. Mm. If you are that type of person, like people say to me all of the time, because I do some business consultancy as well, you know, God, I, I'm just not sure. And and you're like, well, I really, truly, truly mm. believe that if you have that fire in your belly, that you will not be able to to put put that out, mm. you know, and like yourself, like I, I have come from a family of entrepreneurs. I think pretty much every female on my mum's side is self-employed and, you know, we've always had that in our lives. My dad was self-employed. Mm. So I just grew up with that sense of this is what yeah. I'm going to do, you know, and I've never been able to fight that. So mm. I do believe there is an is a kind of a natural thing mm. that you nearly expected of yourself that you are going to And what to would you to say to people who may not come from that heritage of, of, you know, an entrepreneurial background, but have a good idea and then hear that and go, oh, Doubt. Yeah, no, but I think it will will have to come down to the support then and, and using finding like, people like my po- the I, right that's people. why I love my podcast. I say, share stories of insight, inspiration. There's nuggets in there. I sit down and people tell their story of how well I started out as a teacher and then mm-hmm. you know I wasn't enjoying it. And people connect with the story mm-hmm. that's similar to theirs, or just someone who's inspiring and they go, mm-hmm. well, you know, that sounds a bit I, like I me. could do that. Yeah. I, I, I. I could do that I can be that person and they did it I can do that and it's that fire you can build the fire you have to focus on the positive focus on the thrill and yeah. then once once it's the the snowball starts it just gets bigger and bigger but it's just human growth isn't it yeah. to, you know and as you as you were saying you can grow into somebody who actually has mm. confidence and believes in themselves definitely so it's an um, interesting one Joe that you were talking about saying that you're quite a shy person naturally so like talk to me yeah, a bit about so the, when how do you push I yourself remember, out there yeah so I when I joined I suppose I know I'm probably saying the Acorns program again but it would have given me a lot of confidence um, I remember doing my first uh, talk in front of like 200 people I was shaking so mm-hmm. much like I'd never 
I never would even have said yes to talking in front of a crowd and I had to that day and I remember finishing the talk and crying afterwards and now now it's easier to do those things but like if you would have asked me five years ago you're going to talk in front of like or be on a radio station I would have said no 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 so it's definitely pushed my boundaries which is amazing like you you don't realise you have that inside you and Um, that's yeah you kind of you yeah, and, yeah you, and it's not scary. It's not yeah. that scary when you do these things because no. all these things would have. And the fact that you did it, and, and you do it, yeah. and then you'll do it again. The second time it could be easier. And you do it because you love your brand. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you're so yeah. passionate about well, it, and you want to you're grow able it. To talk about your yeah. brand. I suppose if you have a subject that you you're, you love, yeah. yeah, and only you can talk about it. Yeah. Yes, it's definitely easier. Mm. But definitely having your own business definitely it validates it though. Like as yeah. well, you're validating. Yeah. I can do this. Oh, it's actually not scary. I yeah, survived. That's scary. I didn't die. Well, I feel when I talk about airbrush that I'm just talking about one of my children so I'm like oh, oh. Yeah. And, then the, and then it did this <laughs> and what children <laughs> excellent well, <laughs> like. well listen you're listening to Talking Shop on the bottom line on KCLR and uh, an opportune time to say that we're drawing this uh, particular aspect of the conversation which has all been about belief and self-confidence with our three guests Nikki Hoyne uh, Joe Brown Emma Eyre and of course myself John Purcell and we're going to move on uh, uh, next week and discuss another issue which is the issue of resilience The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants now offering a complete life and pensions advisory service to business www.omf.ie Unfortunately that's all we've got time for this week on The Bottom Line We'll be back next Saturday just after 9am and don't forget you can listen back to this episode of The Bottom Line or indeed any episode on our KCLR Bottom Line Pro podcast available across a range of platforms. All you got to do is just search for Bottom Line KCLR. Thanks to all our guests this week on the programme. Economist Jim Power, Brian Farrell, CEO of Carlo Chamber of Commerce, John Hurley, CEO of Kilkenny Chamber of Commerce, and to the Talking Shop crew. My co-host on the feature, Nikki Hoyne of My Shining Armour and The Hero Podcast, Joe Brown of JoeBrown.com, and Emma Hogan Eyre of Airbrushed Beauty and Skin Clinic Kilkenny. If you'd like to contact the programme with observations, criticism, advice or suggestions you can email us at the bottom line at kclor96fm.com thanks to john Keane on sound editing and deirdre drummy who produced until we speak again do enjoy the weekend and have a good week kclr's bottom line brought to you with thanks to o'neill foley accountants now offering a complete life and pensions advisory service to business www.omf.ie